This is Sienna Yorker for Jersey Arts, the podcast. Def Jam poet and Obie Award-winning actor and playwright Daniel Beatty has a new play coming to Crossroads Theater called Through the Night. The play explores the stereotypes of the black male through the eyes of six characters ranging from ages 10 through 60. I stopped by rehearsal and caught up with Beatty to discuss his latest work. Thank you for being with us. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. So you are the writer and the performer of Through the Night. Uh, for those that don't know, can you tell us a little bit about Through the Night? Absolutely. Through the Night is the story of six interconnected black males, ages 10 to 60, who all experience an unexpected phenomenon on the same night that challenges them to wrestle with issues ranging from health to education to addiction uh, to relationships and I play the six males and I also play the different people in their lives. Can you tell us uh, tell us a little bit about uh, some of those six characters? Yes, absolutely. Uh, the ten-year-old is a child scientist named Eric and uh, the play actually opens on him and he's in his lab working and he's up to something very particular that we discover more about throughout the play. Uh, the 20-year-old is a young kid from the projects named Tuan uh, who got held back in school a couple of years but he found a wonderful mentor and now he's on his way to Morehouse. Uh, the 30-year-old is uh, recently out of prison and about to have his first child with his girlfriend. The 40-year-old is a corporate executive who's a vice president of marketing for a music label. Uh, the 50-year-old runs a health food store in the hood, and uh, the 60-year-old is the bishop of a megachurch. Okay. Pretty diverse. Yeah, absolutely. Where did you develop these characters? Where did they come from? Absolutely. Uh, I, a lot of my work, uh, including my play Emergency that was actually at Crossroads a couple of seasons ago, uh, deals with the theme of what's going on in black America and how we can take situations that are challenging and make something more powerful and possible out of them. Uh, and also I've been for a long time very interested in what's going on with the black male in America. And the Urban League put out a report called State of Black America, uh, Portrait of the Black Male. And the 2007 report was focused uh, just on black men. It is a series of scholarly essays and statistics. And there was a particular essay um, in there and statistic that startled me, which was about black boys in prison and a projection that one in three black boys born in 2010 will spend time in prison. And so I wanted to tell a story of an extraordinary black boy who saw what was going on in his community and wanted to do something about it. And I also wanted to tell a story of a community of men who were dealing with some of these issues facing black men in America, but through community, uh, through sacrifice, through um, a raising of consciousness are able to be greater than those issues. So you saw this report, uh, National Urban League, and yeah. it just it moved you so much that you just woke up and decided to, to write something about it. What was your process? My process um, is different with a lot of the things that I write, but for this particular piece, um, I really wanted to also explore the internal landscape of the black male. So much of what we see in entertainment when it comes to the black male identity, I feel is not as dimensional as it needs to be. So uh, I tried to really create a diverse landscape of men. Um, and then I tried to figure out who would be the person that 
these various issues might fit with and what would be even some surprising ways to pair you know these different challenges with the with the different men and so that exploration uh, was the was the first part of the journey and then um, as a writer I'm very interested in weaving like a tapestry and allowing the audience to discover connections and relationships so I then begin to see them as part of one community and ask myself how could they be connected to one another um, how could their progress uh, their overcoming be dependent on one another and I, I crafted it like that that which brings me to the point about uh, your character development. Mm -hmm. You know, how did you develop each of these characters so that they were connected? Right. Um, I I started with again the diversity of issues. Then I started with the diversity of men. Um, then I really looked at which relationships would challenge one another. So uh, the kid from the projects is living in the situation where his father's not there um, and he's been held back in school and his mother's trying to f knows that her child is smart but is trying to figure out how she can get him through this educational system that's not giving him what he needs um, there's another character who's 40 with no children and we discover later why he has no children uh, so it became a real interesting pairing to me that uh, that he would be the 20 year old's mentor and uh, then the 40 year old also is having a question of faith you know uh, a conflict between his spirituality and some personal challenges and so it then made sense to me that the 60 year old who is the bishop of the mega church would be the 40 year old's father uh, so it's those type of connections was there any apprehension in playing all six of the roles? There's many, you know, we know that you're a one-man band. Yeah. Uh, some would even say you're a one-man orchestra. Right. Uh, you know, were there, were there any, was there any nervousness? Well, you know, after my first uh, one-person show when I played 43 characters, uh, emergency it was this was actually I thought was going to be a much easier challenge now I play the six males and then I play um, each of them has a partner character which is either like a mother or a wife or you know partner and then there are other characters that appear who reflect aspects of their psyche so the play actually ends up having about I think 16 characters. What's interesting about this piece versus Emergency is that uh, <laughs> the thing that's very interesting for me is that when I was doing Emergency I was playing sort of snapshots primarily of different characters so they were like monologues and so I would visit a character and then that character would probably not reappear very much throughout the play uh, because I have six primary characters and they have an arc they have a journey where they start one place and then they fight to change throughout the play it's actually challenging in a different way because I have to be able to track the character's journey throughout the, the length of the show do you ever forget your lines? <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully not on stage, uh, but right now in rehearsal I'm still forgetting them a bit. Uh, but you know, I, I'm a consummate professional and I work very hard and it will be uh, crystal clear. But one of the things that I find is that the learning of lines is actually, for me, not very much about memory. It's about 
finding the truth of what the character is living and experiencing. And once I can uh, connect those internal dots, then the next words the character will say are easy. Would you say playing all those roles, is it therapeutic or is it draining? Well, you know, in rehearsal, it can actually be a little draining uh, just because you're going to the depth of the emotion, um, sometimes repeatedly, and you're trying to really discover the richness of what's there. But in the act of performance, it actually builds me up, though it still costs a lot energetically because you get the feedback of the audience. And I don't even mean necessarily applause or the things that people will say afterwards. It's really literally the energy of the people sitting there and you can feel them receiving what's being communicated and even their listening um, and their mm-hmms or you know their laughter as, a, as an exchange. There are many uh, that would say, or some, that would say that you uh, take the plight of the black man and put it into your work. How would you respond to that? Well, you know, I would add, I would say yes, I would say I would hopefully I take the plight and the possibility. Um, because, you know, Crossroads says, you know, the, the tagline for the season is where hope lives. And uh, that's also a commitment that I have as an artist. I think that I, I know that I'm not interested in just repeating confusion or uh, problems. I'm interested in looking at them with very clear eyes, but also showing windows of possibility and allowing an urgency um, to be communicated, but also a window of what might be done to be communicated. What would you say is your motivation for, you know, for writing and performing and creating. Yeah. Well, you know, when I was a young boy, I had a teacher in the third grade named Mavis Jackson who played a videotape of Dr. King's I Have a Dream speech. And that really started things for me in the sense that I saw this black man who was very different than the models that I had, um, who was using words to inspire and change the world. and while I know the issues facing us individually and collectively are married and very complicated, I do believe that uh, the world can change and get better. And so that's really what I'm up to as an artist, to tell a story um, that in the contribution I can make can entertain but also make the world a little better. So in this play through the night you have, um, you know, you have music, Yes. You have comedy, you have drama, you have spoken word. Can you talk about how you meld everything together so that one doesn't overpower the other? Absolutely. Uh, what I would say is that I first and foremost tell um, it's a play. And, and it's a play in very traditional play writing structure in terms of their central characters and these characters start one way and they have obstacles that are going to cause them to either change or not change by the end of the play. But because I'm also interested in the landscape, the internal landscape of the black male or even the human soul because I go into the internal landscape of women in this play as well, I use poetry. Um, and spoken word to lift moments out of the play so that uh, something magical can happen, almost like uh, an aria would do in an opera or a, a number, a musical number does in a musical. And then 
because I play so many different characters and I'm a very physical performance and we change locations, I use music as transition uh, between realities. So. Let's talk about your relationship with um, the other people that are involved in this production. Mm -hmm. uh, the composer, the stage manager, yes, the director. Uh, how do you, what is your working relationship with all of them? Because you are a one man. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, we're having a blast. You know, we're having a really great time. Uh, my director, Charles Randolph Wright, uh, we've known each other for some time. He actually directs the last production of Emergency at the Geffen in LA. And we just really speak the same language. And that's really important when you're doing a one-person show uh, because I'm simultaneously the writer and the performer. Uh, and I have very, very strong instincts because of it. So you need someone who's very smart and very strong um, as your director so that they can really deal with the fact that the person that they're directing uh, has so much ownership of the piece. But you also, I find, need someone who's aesthetically similar so it's not a constant you know, battle because my instincts are so strong that uh, if I'm being asked to go in a direction that feels wrong, I'll try it because that's um, just respect for the relationship, but it really, it really is challenging. Um, what would you say are some takeaways for people in your audience? Yeah. I think that the main takeaway will be the reality that our children are watching. They're watching whether we realize it or not. And we have a responsibility uh, for the type of world that we leave for them. I think the other takeaway will be a sense of identification and saying, yes, my story is being told, our story is being told, and then also the realization that we're not alone and that through an extraordinary effort, but an effort, change can happen. Would you say you wrote this story for uh, that young black male, or would you say you wrote this story for those that are um, maybe not aware of the issues that young black men face. Yeah, absolutely. I, I really wrote the story for everyone. It's interesting to me as a theater artist that, you know, the vast majority of what gets produced in the American theater is written by white writers from a white perspective, and everyone else is expected to come to the theater and find themselves in it. And, um, and we do, you know, because ultimately we're human. And there is the theory that the way to the universal is through the intimately personal. And so, similarly, I tell a very particular story about a community of black males and the people who love them. But there is something in this play for everyone. And the reality is, is that what happens to the black male in America happens to the entire world. On a human spiritual level, literally, we are all connected, I believe. Uh, but also just on a, a, a factual level, if one in three black boys is spending time in prison, one in three black boys has committed a crime that's impacted someone, you know. And so we, we really are all in this together. Okay, well, thank you so much, yeah, Daniel Beatty, for being with us today. It's my absolute pleasure. Thank you. You're welcome.
through the night is scheduled to run February 11th through February 21st at Crossroads Theater. For more information about Crossroads Theater Company, visit jerseyarts.com. Jersey Arts the Podcast is a production of State of the Arts, a co-production of NJN Public Television and Radio and the New Jersey State Council on the Arts. The New Jersey State Council on the Arts, encouraging excellence in the arts since 1966. Additional support is provided by the Geraldine R. Dodge Foundation, supporting cultural, educational, and environmental initiatives that make our world more livable.